So, um, here's what I was just thinking about, although it's going to be pretty embarrassing to do it. So, what, <laughs> I did, what I did last week was did the chats and then I recorded like an intro. Okay. That in front, but I thought it might be nice to just do it all in one and like bring you straight in. So, if I okay. do it. Oh no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm too embarrassed <laughs> to do the intro in front of okay. you so someone can actually hear me. Hello, listener, and welcome to Mind Milk Theory. It's an arts podcast, and I am your host, sometimes contemporary artist Jim Lockie. Really excited this week to bring you the final part in our three part series speaking to artists about their sketchbook practice. This week we're talking to Victoria Foster who is a uh, longtime friend and one of the greatest kind of drafts persons that I know and uh, it was really great to speak to her. She's got just kind of really interesting insights I think that you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get straight into the interview. So you have an on again, off again relationship with sketchbook. Yeah, very on again, off again. I think um, I've always found uh, the way I work. I'm quite private about my work. I've never been super good at, at sharing and showing what I'm doing, particularly work in progress. Um, and I usually keep sketchbooks as a way to document little snippets of things that I've read. Um, tearing bits out of journals and magazines, photos, found objects. Um, They kind of function a bit almost like creative diaries, I suppose, and I've never felt that comfortable with sharing them with people because they do feel really personal. Um, But along with that, they've always felt quite... um, quite a luxury, I suppose, maybe slightly indulgent. Um... When I've got a deadline or when I um, have got to turn something into being immediately viable commercially, uh, if I'm making products that have got to be like out in shops, um, I just get straight to it and I am much less playful and much less creative about it. And I don't spend ages um, trying out techniques and processes and and gathering my thoughts and researching I just kind of get on and do um which is a shame really because the real joy of being creative is the line of inquiry and this being speculative and being playful and trying new things out um but I think when I turned my favorite thing in the world to do into a living um then I kind of set a precedent for people expecting a kind of a, a sort of, I don't know, a, a certain type of work or a certain style of work from me. So that playfulness just went out the window. Um, yeah. You feel typecast? A little bit, yeah. Maybe it is. It's just like, this is Victoria and she draws in a very typed certain way. Um, <laughs> that's what we employ her for. That's what we go to her to buy stuff from. Job done. Um, yeah, and I think I just got a bit caught up in that um, that process as well. Just things having to be quite quickly executed. Um, 
and just yeah not very good at making time for myself always the things that I really enjoy I'm not always brilliant at uh, giving myself permission to do those kind of things um so it'll be interesting yeah I just just said to you before we hit records um I am taking on another part-time role um as a mental health professional um which will take me up to completely full-time hours it means for the first time in my adult life that I've got to I've got to 37 years of age and I've never had a Monday to Friday full-time job ever um but I'll be doing that from sort of two and a bit weeks time um which means I'm going to press pause on the commercial kind of artwork stuff and products that I make because I'm just not going to have the time and I actually don't feel like I've got the inclination but what I'm excited to see is when it goes back to the realm of being a hobby I don't like that word but when it goes back to being a pastime which is just for me whether the sketchbooks will will suddenly take precedence again um yeah it could be really nice when you talk about when you're gathering material and you're you're physically getting images and things so do they all go yeah. into the sketchbook no um there'll be a big pile of stuff that doesn't make it in um I tend to have run so I'll have like a really scrappy scruffy notebook that will just have written bits in that will be like aesthetically not pleasing in the slightest and then my sketchbooks become quite beautiful objects and there's a bit of an editing process about what makes it into the sketchbook um and I guess they become like little works on their own which is kind of nice so yeah not everything makes it in um, and I like sticking stuff up on my wall as well so workspace my studio is now at home has been for the last god I'm trying to think six years maybe um haven't had a studio space outside of the home for that long um so I will stick things on the wall a lot of things go up there um quite messy when I'm working so quite a lot of things end up on the floor down the back of the drawing desk never to be seen again um and then yeah the kind of favorite bits end up in the proper sketchbook and then my random array of journals and notebooks have just funny little reminders and notes and things that I'm thinking of um so my sketchbooks on their own probably don't make a great deal of sense because a lot of the thought processes live somewhere else right Mm. that's interesting so what do you think motivates you've got a you've got a distinction between your like working notebooks and your sketchbooks what what i i might be asking you to analyze something that you've not thought about consciously but what what motivates that having that separation we'll do some external processing like this um I think it's my temperament. I think I I am a, a beautifier. I like making things look nice and, and having kind of things feeling quite finished. Um, but I'm also naturally really messy and thoughts come to me fairly haphazardly and uh, I don't leave things where I need to find them. So I'll just grab a random bit of paper and scribble on it and then that'll just get stuck somewhere else. As if I'm working in my sketchbook, it's quite intentional. I'll set aside time to do that and it will be something that I'll really labour over and enjoy. And it's much more deliberate. Um, maybe a bit contrived. 
don't know. Um, might be an element of that. Um, yeah, but I'll have something with me most of the time. So I'll have like a little A6 notebook in a bag or a back pocket or a coat pocket, or there'll be something down the side of my bed that I can scribble on in the middle of the night, or there'll be a notebook in my drawer at work that is meant to be purely for work-related mental healthy stuff. And I'll be like, oh, actually, I'll just quickly... Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of making, I guess it's yeah, making work in the margins, isn't it? Of our of our lives as well. As Yeah, I really um, relate to that. Um, I, I mean I don't get round to beautifying anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> um I've I've recently tried to literally actually since talking to people about it and thinking about how often I'm actually in my sketchbook and realizing mm. it's it's not that much I've tried to kind of give myself permission to to do the working out in sketchbook to mm. you know so that these pages can be messy but at least something's going in there and I've yeah. had to it's had to be a conscious decision to do so it. Isn't that funny that we've both come back to that idea of permission what is that about why do we not allow ourselves is it because it feels too fun somehow to not work enough yeah. it's the work <laughs> it's not work because you're not miserable mm. um I think it's I don't know I think it's also realizing that like this using the sketchbook for what it's intended for for it to be a tool to get somewhere else rather than mm -hmm. this isn't good enough to go in the sketchbook yet yeah. it's kind of uh mm -hmm can be is is quite self-limiting and then I, I find myself like not making those explorations so I'll just think about it in my head and never do it because mm. oh it's not good enough for, it's not good enough for me to draw it yet whereas if I just draw it then my thinking can progress and get further on yeah um so it's I think it's yeah it's a little bit of kind of self-limitation or maybe self-protection in the sense of if I keep keep it to things that I know and I have an idea of what that outcome will be, it's safe yeah. and then I'll mm -hmm. then that can go in the sketchbook. But because I think we do get comfortable, don't we, as well. So as much as um you know, reflecting on the fact that people come to me for a certain kind of look or a certain type of work, mm. I've also got comfortable there. I know the parameters of like that technical ability. I also know if I'm thinking about something and I want to map something out, I know I can achieve that in a certain way within a given time. Mm. Um, I think we do get into a bit of a groove um, and don't always push ourselves enough to try working in different ways, the way that perhaps we would have previously. You know, yeah. harking back, we both obviously went to a pretty um, experimental form of art education where it was really encouraged to not use a sketchbook in a traditional way, uh, not use one at all sometimes, <laughs> yeah. um, to do a lot of thinking and a lot of reading and not necessarily a great deal of doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I find it interesting. I suppose the difference with me is that all the time that I was an art student and for probably four or five years after graduating, um, I didn't even draw. That wasn't my practice anyway, at yeah. all. 
So I've kind of come back to drawing and then commercial illustration and making products um, completely separately. And so, yeah, so I might give that a bit of thought. Yeah, I that's interesting. I, I relate to that. Certainly, I think still my practice hasn't really come back to drawing. <laughs> I'm still in that kind of conceptual space. Mm. But since for, from, so I've been full time for, I don't know, four or five months now. I mm. um, can't remember, don't know exactly. But that then drawing has become more important because that's the thing I've got capacity to do. And so it's kind of like rising up now and I'm doing things that I'm like, oh, this is a picture, but I think it might have the potential to be, you know, be a piece, be a Mm. quite quite work. And uh, it's still just a picture. And I'm having to kind of, yeah, work through that. Why does that feel so strange that, that a drawing can be the thing yeah. mm-hmm. I think I'm yeah we, we've got that hangover of there needs to be like a conceptual core to it yeah. and, and it's not proper enough. work yeah. <laughs> not, it's not proper work if it looks nice I don't know I don't know what it is Thank you, Victoria, for taking the time to talk to me. It was a brilliant discussion. I wanted to put the whole thing up unedited, but you can hear just then we are beginning to move into a conversation which turned into a bit of an art school confessional, which I think would be interesting for another episode. But for right now, we're going to keep that tea in the cup. We're not going to spill it yet because that's kind of off topic. I've really enjoyed speaking to different artists about their sketchbook practice, how they view the sketchbook, how they use the sketchbook, and interestingly, how many of us have hang-ups around using sketchbooks. I think it's a really interesting thing to consider and to think about. It's been great for me to see how other artists use their sketchbooks in some ways that are similar to mine, in some ways that are very different and to learn and progress from kind of looking at each of them. I hope that these interviews have been useful to you, listener, in a similar kind of way. And I will see you next time for episode 10. Our intro music is by Prod Riddiman. You can find him on the internet, where you can also find more work by Victoria Foster. There will be links in the description for you to check her out. I'll see you next time. Uh, Be good, be compassionate, all that kind of thing. Bye.